I'm Anna Roy. And I'm Yvonne Dagger. Let's get howling. Let's get howling. We are thrilled to welcome award-winning artist Eleanor Tomlinson to our 2023 holiday special podcast. Eleanor was capitulated into the limelight after her illustration Jubilee Marmalade Tea, celebrating the platinum jubilee of Her Late Majesty Queen Elizabeth II, went viral. Since then, her career has gone from strength to strength, and I am delighted to introduce Eleanor today. Welcome, Eleanor. Thank you so much for taking time out from a busy lead up to Christmas to speak with us. No, thank you so much for having me. What a wonderful introduction. I feel like I'm blushing. No, thank you so much. It's been an absolute delight to be invited onto this special podcast episode. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're very, very welcome. Um, you're a Yorkshire lass, born and bred. I know mm -hmm. the area very well. I lived in the UK for 10 years. It's beautiful there. Um, <laughs> a little bit biased. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Uh, and uh, your creative journey began in 2011 with a single greetings card when you were 13, if I remember correctly. It, uh, you're absolutely correct. It did. It's uh, really wonderful but scary to think it's 12 years ago now it's 12 we're celebrating like 12 years of having a business of some sort obviously it started off being this tiny little hobby business and has yeah. grown into something much larger than I could ever have dreamed of or anticipated which is uh it's wonderful but yeah to be only 26 and say oh I've been doing what I do now for 12 plus years is a little bit uh scary <laughs> time flies doesn't it it does it really does well, from what I understand, you were actually working out of your cottage um, when your illustration of Her Majesty and Paddington Bear went uh, viral. Uh, tell us how the illustration came to be. I understand it was drawn on your knee as you sat on your sofa. It was. I wasn't actually um, in my home, though. We'd gone oh. up. So I'm in East Yorkshire. Mm -hmm. And ever since I was a little girl, we've gone on family holidays, weekends away, up to the Yorkshire Dales, which... Within two hours, we're in the middle of the Yorkshire Dales near places like Grassington, Bolton Abbey, if, if anybody's familiar with that area. It's beautiful. Gorgeous. Um, a lot, you know, a lot more hillier. And I, I love where I am, but it's very flat. It's a lot of farming land. It's completely different in the Yorkshire Dales. And um, we were there because, of course, we had a bank holiday weekend, um, four days long, I think it was. And my mum and I were like, oh, let's go away for it. And we we have friends um. I have customers in the Yorkshire Dales actually it was their cottage that we were staying in and we'd gone walking horse riding um tried to visit a couple of nice country pubs whilst with that you know all the favorite things that we love to do you know nature photography just appreciating the wildlife and the wonderful Yorkshire Dales countryside and um I think because it was the bank holiday weekend I it was a rare weekend that I was, well, sort of off, but in the end that changed a little bit, of course, with what happened. But yeah. it meant that I was able to keep up to date a little bit more with, you know, obviously TV and be, watch what was happening down in um, down in London, uh, keeping up to date with the, the Jubilee celebrations. 
um, which usually I struggle, um, you know, normally when I'm working to sort of keep up with those kinds of things. And, um, you know, so I was just, I was really, you know, completely immersed in it all. And um, yeah, Saturday night, mum and I, you know, dinner, dinner in, you know, dinner in the cottage, tuned in to watch party mm-hmm. at the palace and uh, wow. I don't know if any, everybody I'm sure everybody can remember but that magical opening featuring her majesty yes. and a certain little marmalade living <laughs> that was and um, yeah. like oh gosh like most of the world I was absolutely captivated and I just instantly there was no kind of thought process that I can remember I just immediately thought oh and both I didn't think of any details of course you know that sort of came as I as I created the piece but I just immediately had this vision of the two hand in hand walking away and a lot of my work yes it's mostly wildlife and um celebrating animals and the countryside but the figures do come into it every now and then and yeah I love drawing figures and movement but my I love drawing animals and that's definitely my safe space is drawing animals not human faces so whenever I include people I'm quite sneaky of how I do it so I don't have to draw human faces <laughs> so I think because I'd drawn a lot of figures walking away it naturally sort of that that was the vision that came, came sort of to mind and I was like oh that'd be lovely it'd just be a lovely piece to create and share and it was sort of on my mind and we'd gone walking around um Malam Cove, Gorday Scarge and it's Foss, sort of that area. Um mm-hmm. did about 10 mile walk, came back, caught the um sort of the parade down the mall in front of the Buckingham Palace. And um yeah, we we would like literally write, let's refuel tea, biscuits, TV on, let's relax, Sunday afternoon, early yeah. evening. And I'm always drawing and painting. Like when, if I go anywhere for longer than a night, I take usually nearly always take my art materials with me because I just they're like another limb that you know I feel lost yeah. without them. And I mean, this it that shows you never know when inspiration is going to strike. So exactly. I wanted to, uh, you know, it was a Sunday. It was the last day of that bank holiday weekend, and I just really wanted to create this illustration that had been in the back of my mind since the night before. And then ultimately just to share it on social media, just to be like, oh, you know, just I just thought it was a lovely, even then, obviously not knowing what it was going to become. I thought, <laughs> oh, it'll be a lovely thing just to share to round off what's been a magical weekend for everybody. Yeah. Um, never for one moment imagining I would be still talking about it with people over 18 months later. People would want to be asking me things. I never thought for one moment it was just meant to be this happy little illustration to just share with my current following, which was a lot smaller back then, just to be like, oh, I hope you had a lovely weekend. And what was your favourite bit? I know which bit my, you know, which bit was my favourite part. And yeah, it was so off the cuff. It was so unplanned. It was just so... Then maybe that's why it did well because it was just so um natural and organic it wasn't yeah. contrived in any way it was just something that I really wanted to create for myself more than anything and yeah. maybe that's why people took to it in the way that they did from all caught four corners of the globe which just still blows my mind but yeah that's how it came about and it's it was only ever little like when I told people the actual size of it it's a5 and a little illustration within the a5 only about that big it's small it's not detailed I was you know within two hours it was sort of and I added obviously I added the corgi because I like things in freeze so the queen Paddington, the corgi 
added in the marmalade sandwiches with bite marks, you know, like yeah. bite leaving in as though they'd you know leaving the chaos of a tea party bunting um yeah I honestly I spent longer deciding um what color to paint the queen in than any other <laughs> element of drawing it and creating it because I'd obviously she was so well known for those yeah. classic silhouettes wasn't she of the, yeah. the the long dresses the dress coats the, the hat the black patent bag and shoes yeah. so I was able to draw in that and then I was like painted everything else I was like oh what color what color and I wanted it to be a significant color something would be from that weekend to sort of be of the moment and because it because I'm such a procrastinator and because it took me so long <laughs> by the time I'd made a decision um the flag was going up and everybody thought oh gosh she's going to come out onto the balcony any second so obviously wanted to watch that moment and she came out on the balcony live tv that bright green yeah. that had to be the color was it. Started. <laughs> so it was literally probably half an hour later right mix this green paint the queen her beautiful green outfit from the back um sure because of that reason maybe not every detail was it was exact but you know it was the color that iconic color she wore that Mm. um let it dry I did my signature splatters took some photographs and you know wrote a nice little write-up just a few lines and shared it and yeah the rest Ah, is explosion explosion Yeah, well, I people related to it so well because it was as though she and Paddington were leaving the tea party that had been on, you know, their private little tea party in Buckingham Palace. Yeah. And, you know, it's going off hand in hand, you know, after the tea party. And it, I think that was one of the things that was so beautiful about it. Is that I think that's why people related to it so much because it was so it was a continuation of um, that, you know, beautiful video of them. Absolutely. And I just think perfectly. I mean, whether or not you think, you know, it was um, sort of simple, basic, whatever, because you were doing it quickly. um, Mm. That's certainly not how it comes across. And you can tell, you know, you put your heart and soul into it and it just bounces off the uh, off the page. Brilliant. That's the reactions, you know, people emailing me saying, oh, I was in tears. And I think, well, I created it and I didn't get a mention over it. But, but I mean, of course. Isn't it incredible, though, Eleanor, how how when things are organic and spontaneous like mm-hmm. that, um, that they come naturally from our hearts and that we put them on paper, you know, or on a picture plane somewhere and um, and that, that they just resonate with everyone, you know, mm-hmm. everyone in the world. And I think that that's what, what it was. It was, it came from your heart and you put down on paper what you felt and, and it, it just, it went crazy. You know, it it just went crazy. Sometimes we have as artists, um, one piece that, that captivates everyone mm-hmm. and it just comes continues on through our through our our careers our lives and that's that one piece that one piece that that just defines us um sometimes we don't like that you know but it really makes no control over it because you have no idea what's going to strike the world with everybody else Um, don't yeah 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 it's um no I feel so lucky to have experienced what I have as you say it's 
it, it was of course could never have been planned even if I'd wanted it to because you could no. never make anything right. like that happen it's just That's right that's I can right. only, not that it's ever happened to me, but I can only compare it to something like winning the lottery, the chances mm. of, um, you know, putting something out there on, you know, social media, like I say, I've, you know, 12 years this year, and I maybe didn't get social media quite as I started, but let's say I've had a social media account, a social media presence continually for 10 years. Mm. Nothing I've shared in that time, and it must have been hundreds of different pieces and illustrations nothing's ever had the response that 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 had so why would I think sharing something that weekend would have you know had had anything different and um yeah it's uh it's it's crazy to think and I can only think it's um you know obviously luck and like say you know coming back to that idea of winning the lottery that you you could never never make that happen it's just luck uh and you must have been extremely proud of it though to be able to share it you know um instead of feeling vulnerable and and all of that to be able to share it um is just I think it's just such a a big jump you know for artists sort of to to say I really like that you know I like what I created and for some reason within me this came out you know this this came out of me to create and I want to share it with everyone. And, and that I think should make you extremely proud and and very honored to be able to have had that working through you and to be able to express yourself on the picture plane like that, you know? So I think that that's wonderful. I really do. I really do. It's such an honor. (laughs) Oh, it's the same for me. No, no, you are so kind. Thank you very much. Um, of course, once the illustration went viral, um, the both the blessings and the curse of the internet became abundantly clear. Yes. Um, <laughs> sellers basically stole your work and started using the drawings on items which they sold for their own profit yeah. without giving you the credit. Um, And this led to a broadcast on BBC Look North that invited lawyer Andrew Eborn, who specializes in copyright, to discuss the rights of a creative person, whether an artist like yourself, a novelist, etc. And he kindly offered to help you put a stop to uh, the theft of your work, basically. Um, Tell us about the collaboration, what he was able to do for you and what impact it's had for other artists who I'm sure have found themselves not knowing what their rights are, um, etc. Oh, I'd be delighted to. So now, so again, um, I must stress, you know, out of such a negative, spiraling negative situation that was happening, so it um, came, you know, just again, so many positives. And yeah, so, so, so what happened? Um, it was being taken, um, as soon as I'd created it but it was it there was maybe half a dozen companies that I was aware of so it wasn't ideal never obviously experienced anything like this before even though I did an illustration degree you're not prepared um I didn't know what to do who to turn to sort of I knew that it was wrong and I knew loosely what my rights were and that you know I did you know obviously automatically and copyright of that illustration as the creator of it and everything like that obviously it's such a 
a large area and, and you just you're not given any information which is just it that needs to change certainly yeah but it wasn't until Her Majesty passed, which was close to three months later to the day it must have been, um, early September, of course. And, you know, by that time, we'd long stopped offering it. We only ever sort of had it as a print because, of course, it just was never meant to be this this big thing. And um, uh, it was an amazing response. But we didn't want to be... You know, you sort of you have to draw the line somewhere. We didn't want to be disrespectful, yeah. and it was wonderful. And we just wanted to keep it as a June Jubilee memento, and obviously, it was. And we we kept thinking, oh, you know, it'll it'll die down. People forget about this. It just didn't go. Which is wonderful, yeah. wonderful for somebody, so, you know, for so many people to it to strike a chord with something that you've created. It's an artist's dream, but but yeah. So after she passed, within hours, days, there were. Thousands, thousands, thousands of listings of fake products, um, you know, all across eBay, uh, Etsy, Amazon, Amazon you name it, just every yeah. single selling platform that you can imagine, plus yeah. just like websites, you know, more like private, you know, websites selling things. And just all of a sudden, it just it was this tsunami and I thought, I don't even know where to begin. Like before, you know, it was sort of not too bad, not great, but I sort of felt like I'd I knew where it was at least yeah completely changed so um I and I I took to social media and I just I just wanted to make sure everybody knew the situation knew that this was nothing to do with me I'd not okayed it because the last thing I wanted was I mean I didn't it didn't sit well with me that people were capitalizing off such an awful event um at the end of the day her majesty was somebody's mother grandmother friend it just didn't it didn't sit right so even though I'd created a tribute piece and it had so many requests I never did anything with those it just didn't feel right um so it was really frustrating to sort of see and I just I didn't want anybody thinking that I'd okayed that that Mm. from a moral point of view that I was benefiting anyway because I wasn't and obviously then it's just the whole thing of it being theft and not crediting the artist or the artist benefiting so it's this sort of two um yeah these sort of two things at play and then there was a whole other thing that I was worried about was you know got here in the UK you know background of a cost of living crisis um I was just so worried about you know people that loved what I did but would be taken advantage of um some of the pieces some were genuine prints lots weren't but some of them were going for obscene amounts of money for an unsigned print on eBay some of them were hundreds and hundreds of pounds more than a lot of my original artwork and I don't know there's still still some out there unfortunately when I was researching yeah that's not too long ago they started making a bit of a return again so it's sort of had to clamp down again you think gosh that's 18 months after well maybe not quite 18 months but a little over a year after um and you just I just didn't want anybody potentially parting with a lot of money and then being disappointed uh, or maybe not even getting something that they believe that they paid for and then thinking that it again I, I had something to do with it so I just wanted to make yeah. sure that everybody sort of knew and realized the situation no you were completely right to do so I mean yeah but the response I never expected it was more just a warning to everybody really just say just watch out please don't support these people um you know just mm-hmm. 
yeah just that message really well <laughs> your we, fans went crazy <laughs> no within hours I had like my own online army it was amazing like the support honestly and it makes you think you know no matter so for every one individual or business that was being not so nice they are thousands of people for every individual who are just have hearts of gold and honestly I was so grateful because just the time you know people were either offering support if they were from a bit more of a legal background people were just being supportive but then there were people who were like oh I've reported all these listings on eBay I've I've done this I've left a bad review for that saying that it's a fake and so many people were doing this and it's it, it made a difference. It made a huge, huge difference because I could never have done that. I mean, where would you begin one person against thousands of listings on all these websites? So I had all these people on my behalf spending their own time through, you know, what doesn't benefit them at all. And you think for them to give up that time and energy, um, you know, people that I'd not never met, it was wonderful. So it really put my faith back in humanity. But then uh, that started to make an impact. I was sort of getting in touch with a few people and people point me in touch with different places. But again, you feel really lost. Again, not yeah. creative. And that's my my area of expertise, I say slightly cringingly. But that's that's what I know. And obviously not, not the legal side. And um, BBC... Not many artists know. No, I mean, you know, no. you create something, you just think, oh, I've created it. It's my copyright. You put copyright and, and that's the end of it. Yeah, people wouldn't... Um, dream but then they do and you think then you think oh what can I actually do if they've gone and done it anyway and there's certainly not enough uh support and there's not enough not only is there not enough support for artists but there's not enough for deterrent Mm -hmm. so I still get asked now you know oh did you ever get any of that money from people selling your work no no I'd hate to think Mm -hmm. how much money has been made off the back of that artwork Uh, I wouldn't want to know I can only hope that it's it's ended up to good places or it's done good for it. but you think you know I, I I would hate to waste too much emotional energy and effort thinking about it I yeah. do feel, but that's so wrong that I should feel so helpless about it anyway but BBC my local BBC BBC look north yeah. wanted to come round interview me and cover it and then it got picked up by the main BBC news channel and was showed on that mm-hmm. I say they brought in an expert which happened to be Mr Andrew Ebon and that was brilliant because Andrew's just so passionate about um you know small you know small businesses creatives like myself and really wanting to empower those businesses and individuals with more information obviously an area that he's incredibly um you know he's got just you know connections every you know everything knowing everything about that so it was wonderful that you know he was wanting to sort of meet up and sort of discuss things and you know we just hit it off immediately really despite coming from two such different backgrounds Mm -hmm. different ages it you know just really seemed to get to, to get on with each other really really well and we sort of said oh you know we need to stop this from happening because of course I'd experienced it um to you know a much extreme degree but it's scary how many other I said I don't even say artists creatives from photography jewelers you name it who have experienced similar exactly 
And again, they're just left very helpless because I don't think a lot, I wouldn't like to say all, but a lot of university courses or higher education courses don't don't tell you what to do. Yeah. And um, mm-hmm. we sort of want to put amends to that really, whilst you know, obviously sort of trying to grow my own own a career at the side, obviously, you know, being sort of you know, knowing somebody to turn to to ask for advice, you know, when you're approached about different opportunities, because I have already sadly been exploited by some quite large businesses who yeah. I thought trust turns out you can't so it's been a huge learning curve but I want other people to have that knowledge that I've learned without having yeah. to go through it all mm-hmm. so the amount of messages and emails that I've had with other artists that have reached out knowing what I've gone through and it's just so lovely to be able to be in that position of yeah this is what you could do or oh, oh, but please turn to this person turn to this place to find out more information and they'll be able to help you with your specific um I don't know so, you know sometimes case, basically yeah absolutely you know Eleanor um the, it sometimes we have to go through things like this in order to bring awareness to mm-hmm. other people and I agree totally with you that I feel that higher education you know the universities should have part of the artist's learning curriculum to have a course that that explains copyright infringement and copyright laws um uh andrew eborn 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 um sounds like a wonderful attorney who had looked and saw that you needed that help and you gained that knowledge but we're able to get it out there and bring attention to others who need to know all of that, you know, which is sometimes I think we are in certain places, you're strong. And so you were able to handle it really well and, uh, and brave and to be able to go on TV and to be able to be there and explain to others that this can happen to you. It's real and it can happen and it happened to me and it can happen to you. And I don't want it to happen to you. Um, and I'll never have it happen to me again. <laughs> yeah. Sort yeah. of thing, you know. Absolutely. But, yeah. No, you know, thank so, you. so things for you really didn't calm down after the initial, this initial media craze and attention and you being on TV and bringing awareness to uh, copyright infringements. And, um, but you did create another piece depicting Her Majesty with um, Prince Philip and her corgi and pony as a tribute uh, to her upon her death. Um, And then that was followed by uh, another coronation series that you that you uh, created um it must have been quite surreal for you and intimidating um for someone who is like myself (laughs) in a way um a little bit vulnerable in front of you know people seeing my works seeing and critiquing my works um uh I I know that whenever I do show some of my works, I have to walk away. I can't be there when I see people looking at them. 
<laughs> I know how that feels so much. Yeah, you're just like, please look at my work, but I will go and disappear out of the room whilst you do so. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm hiding under the table somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, so, but tell me a little bit about your feelings with creating all of that beautiful work oh, that you did. It was, it was terrifying. I remember, um, I say never, I mean, we all thought she was, um, she was immortal, I think. So even though you knew her age, you uh, yeah. still when the a day came, I think just obviously the world was in shock for so long, but it seemed right doing what I do to mark such a sad day with an illustration. And it was obviously mirrored what's, I'd created back for the Platinum Jubilee. There was obviously a lot of parallels there. You know, Jubilee Marmalade Tea had, a again, a huge resurgence because it took on this whole new, different meaning for so many people. And to have a not one, but two pieces of work go far and wide and get that response, it was sort of thinking, oh. and then, of you know, within a, well, it took me probably a couple of days to realize oh gosh we're going to have a coronation now then of course aren't we and I remember I think it was just after the funeral had taken place when I started getting emails from followers customers asking oh can we can we pre-order to put our name down for uh your coronation print and I'd not I'd not said anything <laughs> of course about you know of course it wasn't the time to be sort of mentioning anything like that I wasn't even thinking about it took me aback for all the best reasons as well you know because I was like oh that's so lovely that even before you even said you might or they even know what you're going to be creating like oh we, we want a piece of that which what a wonderful position to be in but yeah. it set the it set this bar really what had happened that year and I was thinking gosh I've got to do something that's that's you know to try and create something that's just as loved or but but you want it to be different you don't want to be creating you know I wanted to sort of leave any leave to one side sort of this idea of you know things you know um figures from behind for a while because I thought gosh it's sort of blow you know blown up in the way that it did and I but you don't want to to create something along the lines of that you you feel like oh you know I'm in quite a safe space because that's been popular so it should work again but equally you don't want to then be known for just doing one thing or one you know something in the style of just just one thing so I thought it has to be different and I thought right let's go let's go big or go home and I thought let's create something so different to what I've ever done that nobody could maybe really because usually what I create is um doesn't really matter on the subject but usually it's a little bit more minimal there's a lot more sort of white background it'll be sort of focusing on uh, you know a particular subject person you know it'd it, it be sort of along those lines and I thought let's for the coronation it's a happy occasion it's a joyous occasion let's go big busy bright bold quirky everything that's so iconic for the royal family, London, just everything. Just make That's it awesome. just a party piece. So <laughs> I'd started, you know, over the following months and over Christmas, of course, you know, I'd gone from this crazy event happening in June that was just all of summer and then Her Majesty passing away in this resurgence. And then, of course, it was getting into Christmas, which has always been my busiest time, you know, it being, you know, um, 
seasonal, partly what I do, and starting off with Christmas cards. You know, for so many businesses, it's a busy time. So as soon as New Year was out the way, I was like, right, I really have to. And I, I was so scared to get started because I could, if I went to Christmas, I'd be like, oh well, I'm, I've got to get Christmas out the way, and I could sort of put it, put it off, and and it got to New Year, and I thought, I've got to actually do this now. And I had this this vision for what I wanted, but I was like, oh gosh, it's so busy and it's so intricate. It's like nothing I've ever done before. And I think by mid mid January, I'd finished it fifty plus hours. I wow. in the space of a week, yeah. wow. I'd created wow. this piece because I knew time was against me. Because when you work backwards, you thought, well, I thought well, really, I want to be giving a you know, uh, having a a good month between launching a collection, and the coronation happening. So I was like, really going to be aiming for a end of March launch for for any collection to do with the coronation. And I thought, well, if I'm wanting more than cards and prints and to really go to town and have, you know, lots of lovely commemorative pieces, I thought, well, then, you know, add on packing times and um, photography times and all that kind of admin, just uploading to the website. And obviously yeah. your lead times, your delivery times, and you work backwards. Yes. And you think, oh, my God, I need to be getting this off and getting things <laughs> ordered by end of January and, like, Get just everything at speed so it was a really intense few months and I was it was amazing and I still look back and I thought and I think I cannot believe I turned around my still my biggest collection to date within three months so idea artwork and collections like I say end of March launched it and I didn't start anything till about the second third of January artwork wise so such a tight turnaround but I tell you what, it's grown my confidence immensely and the confidence within myself because I honestly thought, no, this will break me. I can't do this, especially after what happened that year before. I thought I, I'm going to, people are going to be maybe disappointed or because it's so different, maybe they're going to be expecting something too similar. But equally, if you keep it too similar to what's gone on before, they're going to be like, oh, you, you're just recreating the same thing. So it was just trying to, and I thought, no, I've got to go with my gut. And I thought, again, like, like back at the beginning, yeah, I love it. And it strikes a chord with me and I love what I'm creating. Then surely to goodness, other people that have followed me, my journey, my artwork will love it too. And I just had to hold on to well, that. Which we did. You know, just a quick question for you, Eleanor. Um, and this is something that just came to me and I, that was it more pressure filled to be able to um, think of the idea now the original work was, I would say, serendipitous. It was organic. It came naturally for you. But when people started to commission you to do something, did you find that more difficult than the first? Did you want to go back to where you would be, that you would want to be organic again? It's kind of hard. Well, question hard. That I've actually been asked in all the sort of obviously I've done quite a few sort of different interviews now. You know what? No, and I've never actually thought about it, but no, I think because I'd been doing commissions since my mid-teens, so already before all of that, I had a lot of experience and um trial and error and everything under my belt, really. And I think I've always been really lucky that I'd say, oh, 90, probably more, 90. 
odd percent of all the commission requests I get are very much just, you know, it, it for me, it's a yes. I, I don't say yes to everything. It's got to suit my work. And I, I want to know that I'm definitely going to do really good, you know, the best job I could do with something. Um, I don't really feel that changed, you know, with what happened. It just introduced more people to my work and I was getting a lot more requests. So mm-hmm. I did have to sort of politely explain that, you know, I'm, you're more than welcome to go on my list, but there will be a considerable wait time at the moment with what's happening. But it didn't really change anything with with that. And I think, yeah, no, it. I must say that side of things... I it um just continued as it was really and I think because people were coming to me asking to create commissions because they loved my work and they loved my existing portfolio I had that confidence thinking well they've, they've seen my work and they know the kind of thing that I'm going to create and they've got that they're putting that trust in me you know to commission something um you know obviously not That's knowing wonderful. quite what the finished piece is going to look like but um yeah because sometimes that can be, you know, I know Rembrandt, um, and I know you know your art history, um, Rembrandt was, he just hated when he was commissioned to do something um, for royalty, for the royalty, and um, and he loved to just go out and draw and paint the everyday people on the streets, you know, and to him that was really natural, I mean, he did beautiful work, um, you know, when he was commissioned to do his paintings, but but the other works were more natural. So um, it kind of, you know, um, do you find that painting animals and nature and uh, that you had mentioned before and your beloved Yorkshire is a um, is more natural to you or do, is it the same? Oh, I see what you mean both very different reasons so I love having I love doing what I do for that reason I have so much freedom and flexibility and I love the commission work that I do and I think it's probably down to my customers and what I get in approach it excites me um and because it's so wildlife animal focused mm-hmm. um and that's what I love to draw and there are days and I, I have sort of two different work modes, really. And some days I wake up and I need to have a brief. I need to have that, you know, almost have that list in front of me. Think, right, I, I this is what I'm doing today. Um, it's on my list. It's my next thing to do. And I don't obviously I, say I don't have to sort of think, but I'm not sort of maybe sometimes benefit from not having that creative freedom of just thinking right I'm not going to procrastinate I'm you know I'm doing this pet portrait today it's for it's commissioned for a birthday present and that's what I'm going to be working on Mm -hmm. and sometimes that really really suits me but then I'll flip to the opposite in another day I'll be like nope I'm doing my own thing I don't want to be (laughs) I don't want to be told what to do. I'm going to go just do what I love. That's that artist freedom. That's that independent artist. It it is. And it's like the two extremes. And I think it's, I think it's almost, I don't know, maybe it's being in the education system. Maybe it's, I I don't know what it is. And me sort of flexing that kind of, um, I want to say sort of power over being able to choose what I want to do. Like I I don't, I don't have to do what somebody tells me to do anymore. I can just go out and do that. Because of course, when you're at, you know, school, uni, you're very much okay this is the theme what we're going to do for this semester and you might think oh god no not that I want to do you know for me obviously I was wanting to do wildlife animals so 
And obviously now I don't have that. And I'm sort of left, you know, you think, oh gosh, I'm an adult and I can decide what I want to do. And artistic freedom. Buy my work. And this is what I do, is what I'm known for. So yeah, it, it's weird. But sometimes I, I do need those days where I, I have it decided for me what I'm going to be painting that day. And it might be Poppy, the Border Collie. And, in, and I just, I need that. And I need to be, oh yeah, no, I can just go into my happy place, drawing and painting. I don't have to make any creative decisions. Those are made, I mean, you do, but that's maybe wrong, but I'm not having to make those decisions of what am I going, oh, all this wildlife, what am I going to decide? How am I going to pay, you know, paint this maybe? You know, do, do I this, do I do that? You know, I'll have that conversation with, you know, a customer and we'll sort of say, right, we're wanting a head, torso, full body. Is there any other details you'd like? And I've got that brief to work to, yeah. whereas obviously if I'm just doing my own thing, it could be, the brief could be as small or as big or whatever you make it really. So yeah, it it, it varies massively. I might go a few <laughs> weeks of wanting to work on one sort of set of things and then I'll flip completely and go to the other, you know, the other side of things and be like, no, no, I'm doing, I'm doing all these, these other things. And then commissions can work. It look, seem like you, you really are um, just going with it. You know, you're just yeah. going with the process. It's, when you just paint, got to what feels right. Yeah, exactly. When you paint and you create, do you get into a kind of like a transcendental world and you lose time? And yes, I will. Yeah, I have been known on occasions to hours will pass. I'll have not eaten. I'll have not drank anything. It'll be the early hours and I'll be like, oh god is it really that time I, I call it going into Ellie's well because I will just put on some music put on a tv series in the background a film a podcast whatever and I will just yeah like say go into that happy place of just and it's just so mindful isn't it but yeah I will completely be in my own world like you say like a trans state of not realizing that gosh I actually need to stop and eat because I'll just be so absorbed in what I'm doing and uh, it's wonderful, though. You know, how many people say that they do that for a living and they get so absorbed in a task that they're paid to do ultimately? Mm -hmm. I mean, I've considered myself so fortunate to be able to right. say, oh, I do this for my full time job. Very lucky. <laughs> it, you're living your passion and that's beautiful. And many people don't. And they're they're very sad in, in what they do. And to be in that space, that happy space and happy place um to lose track of time I think is I can I can relate because I've I've been there and I've had to put if I have a if I have a um a meeting an appointment I have to set the alarm I have to set an alarm yeah. to remind <laughs> me stop now you know <laughs> it's time to stop I'm the same don't worry I'm I have writing lists <laughs> because otherwise I'll get yeah. forgotten about because I'll be so distracted like saying what I'm doing and oh yeah a diary I'm very much a traditional writing things down because otherwise uh, yeah I'm the same I'm exactly the same me too. Yeah. I, I have to write things down myself. Um, and it's very traditional. And I think that's, that's part of your art. That's part of who you are as an artist, because you're recording. Um, you know, I know you mentioned that you take your tools with you everywhere. They're part of you. And I think that's wonderful that you do that. Um, do you, when you go out in the field and when you do things and you, and you see something that inspires you to be able to sit down right where you are and record it 
on paper or on canvas. Um, do you do a rough sketch and then go into the studio, into your your space to finish it? Or do you take photographs? Um, what is your process like? My documentation of like ideas can be, it, it takes... Um it takes so many different forms it can be such a an array you know sometimes it's notes it can be physical handwritten notes sometimes if I've just got my phone on me I'll be opening another notes tab in my phone to write down an idea because I'm so scared I might forget it and mm. um, sometimes it will just be so firmly lodged in my imagination that I'm like no no it's still there it's still there it's still bugging at me and eventually when a time's right I will do something with that Amazing. idea but sometimes it's like little thumbnails. It can be taking photographs to be like, oh, I'll look at that. I'll remind that remind myself about that for later. And um, I mean, obviously, you know, being so inspired by animals and wildlife, you know, going out on a walk. I'm always, I don't like being so glued to my phone. But the fact that there's a camera and notes on there, it can just document for me just snapshots of what I'm thinking at that time. I use it more for that than anything else, really, because it's just such a handy tool. Sort of, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes you can't go walking with all these, you know, just a little things below. Oh, take a photo of that, or oh, you know, you, you might see some wildlife. Who knows? And that might then form you know um the the idea and the foundation of a new piece new collection who knows um so it's all these different things that are going on at play usually I'm very much um all trapped in my head and I used to get told off at school because again um you know you get marked a little bit like maths and with your working out that's what they they mark you on is your sketchbooks the ideas the idea development Mm -hmm. and I always used to find that a little bit not always and I do think actually I look back at it now and you think I do in a way miss that because I think being made to do that and really have to explain all your creative was was a really really good thing to do but sometimes I felt like I was having to make it up to show, show how I'd got to a decision when really I just I'd had this idea a little bit like with back at the you know on the jubilee weekend i will just have these ideas mm-hmm. and they might not have all the details decided and formed but it will be there and i can imagine it and i know it'll work and i will make it work and i just want to get started on the final piece and i just so many pieces are like that i have such a strong idea in my head of what it l- will look like and what i want to create i will just go straight into into, into making and I mean, my my process is sort of three stages, pencil, then the ink fine line, the pen and then the watercolour. So I suppose the pencil drafting stage, you know, that there's movement for changes at that point. I can then start to sometimes things might change quite a little. Usually things are similar to what I've imagined, but occasionally you'll imagine something and then you start actually working on the composition for whatever reason. You think it just doesn't work. It doesn't look right and it might need to be changed, which I'm lucky that I can do that at that early point. But that pencil sketch will still ultimately be developed into that final piece. I just I just work over and um, and it's all about building and layering, really. Um, if I ever sort of do mock-ups and thumbnails, it's usually for a commission. If it's a more complex commission or a commission, usually when I'm working with businesses where there might be a 
few different ideas and they need to sort of get a gist of what I'm thinking to then be able to show other people who make the decisions. And that's usually when I'll do, like I say, roughs and sort of sketches and colour palettes to show them so they can see. So it's like a, a bit of a mood board so they can sort of enter Ellie's world because obviously oh, I sometimes find it so hard to articulate what I'm what I'm imagining and what I'm thinking of. So I'll use sort of a range of notes, keywords, um, mm -hmm. thumbnail sketches, drafts, whatever, to sort of convey like, this is what I'm imagining. This is what I'm thinking. And then they can see that and be like, oh yeah, or we like this. Could we change this? Can we have that instead of that? Um, so again, even that really, I, I suppose I work in quite a varied way, but if I'm creating things for me um, where I don't have to, you know, have anybody else's sort of approval or sign off I will pretty much just go straight into it and just use all that energy and just put it into just just starting that piece and whatever's you know, in your whatever is in your creative prowess you just put it down on paper and um I think that's awesome I think that's awesome. I really, really, really do. I, I still feel like I'm going to get told off by an art teacher. Like you, you've not done, you know, enough in your sketchbook leading up to this piece. You can't just go in and do the final piece just like that. And I'm just like, again, maybe it's me flexing sort of those like creative kind of like boundaries now of like, oh, I'm going to do that because I don't have to worry about being told off now. I'm not at school or at uni. Sure, sure. Yeah. You, you're, you're, you're pushing the envelope and which is really good. And I think that there's really, to be honest with you, um, I feel, this is my feeling, is that all art is in the eye of the beholder and is beautiful. Um, you know, you can look at a piece of, of rusted, you know, kind of steel and yeah. it's beautiful. You know, the colors and everything are just so beautiful. So, um, you know, I think that modern art had changed all of that mindset into what we're supposed to think of art as. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and that question of what is art is yeah. comes into play again. And so um, when we when we stifle ourselves and we kind of put ourselves in that little box and, and don't let ourselves out. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I feel frustrated. I don't know about you, but I, I get frustrated when someone tells me that it's supposed to look like this, you know? Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Um, I feel like yeah. sometimes art nowadays, I think it depends, you know, which area you're in, but it can be very prescribed. And like you say, you're, you're told, very much what you should see, what you should think, how you should feel. And mm. I say, I, you know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder and everybody sees something different. And I think what's beautiful about art that anybody can enjoy it and they get something different out of it. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And it means something different for every person. And um, yeah, I think that should be celebrated more, really, instead of there being a right and wrong. Because you think, no, that should be left for science and maths and other areas. And That's true. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. When you've, uh, you've grown up surrounded by the English countryside and you've obviously studied your subjects very well, um, what research, if any, do you do aside from the uh, visual studying of your subjects? Probably not as much as I should. <laughs> <laughs> I 
whatever works for you (laughs) I've I've got and I've got a terrible memory for facts and things like that that's the thing I'm such a visual person yeah um Mm -hmm. and I always have been so and I'm I'm sometimes really struggle to recall information as well so uh I don't I don't force myself to absorb information because I I know when I when I used to revise for exams it just for me just it then wouldn't go in but I will go have a day where I might have seen a particular piece of wildlife and I try and sort of go back to that kind of child level of my inspiration will be ignited so then I might do loads and loads of research but again it comes from that place of wanting to know and then I find it's then it will more likely actually stay with me um but I I do enjoy watching you know you know all the you know the different like Attenborough documentaries and anything like that I find it just such a um a soothing thing to sort of watch and immerse myself in and I'm sure even if it's subconscious I'm absorbing all kinds of different pieces of information but if you were to ask me and quiz me after watching you know what was this called what and all these facts I'd be like staring blankly and panicking (laughs) thinking oh my god I can't remember I can't remember um I do exactly the same yeah (laughs) Yeah. I do make an an effort because I think you know just knowledge is power and it's going to elevate artwork definitely even if you don't realize it at the time and I do think it's of course important but I try and not be too um too sort of strict or harsh on myself because I know what I'm like with absorbing information and facts I'm I'm not the best (laughs) (laughs) well so a lot of your pieces depict horses where does your love of horses come from good question ever since I knew what one was I have loved horses oh brilliant Uh, (laughs) yeah ever since I was a little girl I do not know what started that obsession it is a lifelong obsession I don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon I don't have my own horse sadly I will one day one day I will uh I just I love them I absolutely love them and for many years I wouldn't draw anything else I was that horse mad child at school who Mm -hmm. would elbow it into everything they could um I remember science a project I oh I'm doing it on horses maths I remember we had to plot uh coordinates on a graph to make a shape and mine did the outline of a horse's head on on the graph (laughs) I was that child but I would I saw it as a as like a mission to get my love of horses into every area of the curriculum possible even when teachers were like oh she won't be able to get I'd find a way I would find a way um you know designing I remember for example we did like food tech and we had to uh we made um chocolate truffles and we had to design the box packaging it featured horses on the packaging (laughs) like everything everything I think that's great I think that's great that really really is um, and you tell us about your adorable pup, Bramble. Oh, my little Bramble. Oh, I could talk about her all day. So Bramble is a black working cocker spaniel. Uh, she has just recently turned three years old, although she will forever be our little baby and our princess. How beautiful. Lots of pieces. She's our first, she's a family dog, but she's our first dog. And considering, you know, it was only as I was looking to move out that we, we we got her as a family I honestly feel like where where were we before we had a dog in our family in our lives it's um to think she's not even been in our 
our lives quite three years. It'll be three years, third of January. Um, she it's like she's been there forever. And I none yeah. of us could imagine life without her. She is she's so wonderful. We you know we I mean everybody thinks they're they're their own and wonderful, aren't they? But no, she she really is. She's such a a fun, gentle. She's got a bit of a diva streak in her. She's very much a spoiled little pup, and she knows it. She knows she can get away with murder. Um, and she, yeah, she just she, she's just so loving, and she loves cuddles, and she, oh, she's oh, she's isn't that nice? Lovely. That's yeah. delightful. That really is. Does she go on vacations with you, or she does she does. go on, when you when you create? Do you take her with you, or absolutely? She's not always the most patient, so mm-hmm. quite often she'll come with me, you know, on walks, and I, we you know we go to the dales together, and any of the sort of the inspiration finding uh she's very good but if I was to when I know when I've had her when I've been in the studio all day she can get a bit bored and she's like looking at me and woofing and being like come on come on what are you doing we need to go out we need to go out on a walk what are you doing sat sat they've been sat there for hours what are you doing what are you doing so she's not the most patient she doesn't understand that creative process but <laughs> if it's taking her out on a country walk and you know appreciating wildlife and uh the great great outdoors then she's the best com- companion for that in the world wonderful. And, uh, yeah she ends up being uh included in some quite a few pieces but Particularly around Christmas, she ends up sort of oh. coming into the Christmas designs more and more. That's and, lovely. Uh, that is I was, lovely. <laughs> I was going I to say she obviously it. influences uh, your work. Um, yes. Yeah, your Christmas collection this year is uh, is wonderful, and oh, she features you. heavily in that. Yes. <laughs> uh, so thought. apart from her, who's uh, who's most influenced your life and why? Oh gosh, that's a good question. Um. I suppose the answers that come to mind instantly, if we're looking at it on a sort of bit more of an academic art level, I'd have to say Beatrix Potter. I grew oh, up with her mm-hmm. illustrated children's books. Yeah. Um, I wrote my dissertation about her in the tale of Peter Rabbit. Wow. Um, how much she was, you know, a figure of female empowerment. Uh, you know, not just being, you know, the fact that more than a hundred years on from her writing the tale of Peter Rabbit, her whole work is the world of Beatrix Potter. I mean, yes. how powerful is that for a woman at that time? For somebody yeah. to do that now is such a legacy, but for somebody yeah. to have done that and it still be around is amazing. It's as strong as ever. Definitely. So having sort of that influence and just loving her work, growing up with it, being able to do that as my university dissertation definitely you know being you know like I say another country loving woman I'm very much I live by myself you know I'm very much you know sort of admire and respect her both as an artist a businesswoman mm-hmm. everything like that I think she's just oh I could go on about her for ages she's fabulous <laughs> she, yeah, she I only wish I could have met her um, um, but if we're looking like more sort of like closer to home I'd probably say my dad like my dad had his own oh. business oh, um, lovely. Sort of had two you know Joe he was in the fire service and he also had his own business completely different to anything that I've done um but it was I think him and growing up with that you know really good strong work ethic but also that mm-hmm. belief that 
you, you know you can run your own business you can do this you can do that just just do it just go out there and do it because I was such a shy child and it was always him who was like go on go in that shop and ask if they'll stock your cards or go in and ask you know what and he was just he just he didn't he didn't care but it didn't care in a nice way whereas I'm always an overthinker so he'd always be that that push to be like go on go on you can do it you can do it and um yeah I think I'm sure it's thanks to him giving me that push at such a young age and that um that feeling of that oh you know I, I can do this and that I could turn what I was loving you know into a into a viable business and yeah. Um, yeah I owe I owe a lot to him yeah he's been a really wonderful wonderful figure in my life very inspirational great. and that is, well, that <laughs> that is so great shines through um simply just how you've put everything together in the last two years I mean you've gone from one success to the other and uh, it seems effortless I mean I know perfectly well it isn't <laughs> but uh, you know it just I'm seems so like it looks like the world. everything just comes together <laughs> naturally and then you're on to your next collection you know and everything's so smooth and uh, that, I'm that, glad that that's a talent that's, that's a talent obviously learned that from him Oh, mm-hmm. oh, oh, he'll oh, be after telling that he'll be ever so, uh, ever so made up to say that quite possibly. I think, you know, I mean, I remember my dad being there really early on when it went viral and he was yeah. the one who was like, it's no problem. No, we, we can do this. We'll get through this. Be like, no, no, just ride, ride the wave. And because I was panicking, thinking, oh my gosh, I'm just going to turn everything off and go and hide in a hole. And he was like, no, 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 come on. Like, this is an amazing opportunity. We'll manage. And like now he, he does so much and is so involved in the business, you know, more than he ever has been. Oh, uh, go dad. Well done. Yeah. It was really, so funny though, because I was the one that initially just had a meltdown panic thinking, oh my God, this is huge. What are we going to do? We're never going to be able to get through all of this and he yeah. was the one that's like no 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 it's fine it's problem solving it's very logical like that uh but then it was months later or not months later but weeks later and then he started getting a panic on and by this point <laughs> I'd already had my panic and I became the level-headed of we're getting through it and it'll get done when it gets done and we're just gonna we'll keep working towards it and he was the one thing oh my god this because I don't think he realized the enormity at first of what yeah. was happening whereas I sort of could see yeah. it happening in was like oh my gosh the unknown and he was like oh it'd be fine be fine uh something yeah, that was just it was funny but yeah and you think well we got through that he was right and you think well if I can get through that I never thought I'd get through that what else you know might happen you know never know what, what might happen around the corner is what I'm trying to say and exactly. I've got a that's lot more right. faith in myself that mm-hmm. I could tackle anything that's going to head my way fingers that's crossed right. with that's help from right. that <laughs> it's it's so important I think to have support and and somebody to motivate and mm-hmm. to to um to be in our you know have our backs and and know that we can we can do it even though in in our minds and our hearts throughout our bodies we know well i think i can do this but i'm not quite sure but to know that your dad was there that is just the most wonderful story and just thank you I mean both, so great. both both my parents they've been an absolute rock you know my mum went from within obviously within that month of you no know, well not even month that weekend of June went from working one day a week just helping with a bit of admin to now full-time she's packing mm-hmm. orders as we Unbelievable. speak making sure that you know she gets her mention but you know she is you know she's an absolute they've, they've both been absolute rocks mm-hmm. I'm so fortunate to have had that that support and that involvement and them wanting to get you know if anything I've been the breaks where I've been a bit like oh I don't want to mix 
you know too much family and business because you sort of you know everybody you hear always is that for the best and it's been them that have been like oh no let's you know we we can do this and we can help you with that and they've you know they've they've really wanted to give their you know obviously they're they're on the payroll now you know (laughs) but (laughs) they've really wanted to sort of you know do everything they can to help and um I'm sure it is so much of everything's been down to them and just their support when I was younger and through through the years and them encouraging me like they did you know Mm -hmm. to to be you know in a position where I am today so I'm very lucky to have had the parents yeah and your success you are so successful and you you now from what I I we've learned that you have permanent gallery space in the heart of London at the O2 because I was just to say, unfortunately, the uh, the venue that we were at, um, due to just the current um, financial climate here, they've had to close sadly. So we're on the search oh, for somewhere else to have somewhere in London. Because obviously, it's so oh, central. So it's yeah. been such okay. a shame. But <laughs> my, which I've not really shared um, anywhere yet, but it is definitely all happening going on in the background is. Um, we won't we won't uh, release it if it's oh no 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 you can do I just I've just oh, right. I haven't wanted to jinx it and I've, I was probably going to put in, in in the new year so I'll get Christmas out of the way but okay. um, I'm secure you know in the process of um, having a premises up here in obviously Yorkshire to be to be a new base but it'd be a lot bigger you know to be able to have visitors have a bit of a permanent gallery space that people can come visit by appointment um in my lovely you know village down the road and you know be able to sort of host workshops there it's got so much outdoor space be able to have my animals there so it really is going to be like a all in one place to sort of come and come and visit um should should people want to and it's going to be my new base to work from because of course I've outgrown outgrown my little <laughs> cottage that I used to you know sort of well I'm we're still working but literally there's boxes in every bedroom there's boxes in my bedroom the yeah. bathroom the, the box room, <laughs> the packing room the living everywhere so we're like oh gosh we actually need to move and expand but I wanted it to be a home from home and it's a beautiful, beautiful little old quirky cottage with beams and fireplaces and it just when I went to go and look at it I was like this is just perfect this is me it it's warm it I can just imagine like my artwork being displayed in the space on the walls Mm -hmm. and obviously for it to be so near to where I am whereas obviously it's hard sometimes for me to get get to other areas of the country um just with the workload that I've got and obviously being where I am quite you know sort of in the middle of not in the middle of nowhere nowhere I'm sure there's people living far far more um remotely than what I do but I'm not near public transport by any means so it just Mm. makes things a bit hard so I thought to be able to welcome people Mm. to my part of Yorkshire and see you know the inspiration that's on my doorstep here and sort of be able to sort of come into that kind of space is going to be wonderful so that's going to be next year which I'm very excited about but yeah so we we've got, we're going to look out for the details then on your social media yeah. <laughs> yeah, perfect <laughs> and what about your workshops then um you're still doing workshops obviously yeah absolutely so I started doing workshops beginning of they only started beginning of last year because yeah. of course we had COVID and by the time mm-hmm. COVID had settled down settled down still big issue isn't it but it was enough that you could start to plan things again, I should yeah. say. Mm-hmm. Um, 
because up until really beginning of last year, I don't think anybody dared try and plan anything that involved people Mm -hmm. and getting together because it was just the risks were too high. Um, And I started doing those only about 20 minutes away at a wonderful um, sort of arts venue where it's it's a combination between galleries, a, a craft and art shop artist studios it's one it's wonderful receives a lot of um um council funding arts heritage um all sorts um so i'd been doing them there they were the first place that ever sold my cards when i was in my team so it's lovely to be able to support them and host workshops and obviously it'd be, be local to me um of course um you know it's lovely to be able to do them on location you know finding sort of you know venues that I can visit i.e whether that's sort of London and other places I've done my first few private like birthday workshops recently which has been lovely and you know really different I you know idea of you know way to celebrate with your friends and you know sort of you know do something come back and you know bring something that you've made back with you Mm -hmm. and um and then I've just started hosting them myself in my village which at the moment's been from the village hall but of course, looking from next year, we should have our own premises with Lovely. my artwork and everything. And it'd be very oh. much immersed in this Eleanor Tomlinson art world. Lovely. So that's sort of the plan. But I love doing workshops. It's mm. um something that I didn't expect to enjoy as much as I did. And I only say that because I am quite, and here's me talking for England, but I'm quite <laughs> shy. Yeah. introverted person so I never thought I would feel so um comfortable talking in front of I mean small groups it's always small groups that I have no 15 is the absolute maximum but um yeah and doing demos I never imagined myself doing that or being any good at that and I mean the feedback that I get from my workshops and my demos is just wonderful and it just I just I love encouraging people to to draw to paint to rediscover maybe a hobby that they've not done for years it's just really nice and it's so lovely getting together with like-minded people Mm -hmm. and helping creatives of all levels and having those and just sharing those experiences those 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 pieces of advice and tips and yeah it's always a lovely day I really enjoy doing them for that reason so that'll continue doing have you ever thought about giving online workshops for people who can't attend in person I'd love to and that's certainly something that I think we're going to be looking to next year Mm -hmm. I've got my my little free video um workshops that anybody can watch that step by step I'll be honest my big my biggest obstacle Mm -hmm. is not being super with technology um I think I'm gonna have to outsource help so if anybody's if anybody's good and is good with technology and putting videos together and things like that and with all the tech absolutely so it's it's going to be I think looking into it and seeing what's possible because mm-hmm. I just I just worry about I mean for me like I know I'm meant to be you know the tech generation but for me doing a zoom link like what we're doing this on today like that's that's sort of pushing my limit of what I can do and know that I'm not gonna have a disaster so it's certainly something that we want to look at because I've just got so many lovely customers who you know are all either well not just around the UK but are on the other side of the world and it just it would be lovely to you know to be able to 
you know do something do what we can via technology and what we've got available you know in this modern mm-hmm, age to, mm-hmm. to do that with them and like I say connect with, with more people and uh, I'm sure it'll happen and hopefully next yeah. year will be the year that I'll have a little bit more time and space to investigate mm-hmm. doing something like that and um, finding out how we could really bring that, that together yeah I think that you're an inspiration Definitely. I do. I really, really do. I think that you're such an inspiration to the people who um, are shy and maybe a little introverted to be able to um, try it, to be able to come out of our skin and do what we feel is important in the world. And, And your importance is to create, to learn and inspire. And you do all three of them. And um, you're inspiring me right now. And, and it's, it's really, it it makes me feel good. And um, do you have any, you've mentioned so many things that you are involved in and have been involved in and, and you see yourself in, in the future, but where do you see yourself in five years Firstly, thank you so much for your incredibly kind comments on feel very humbled and honest hearing those I mean it <laughs> but with a uh, cast of five years I'm honestly not sure I think the fact that I know that this second premise is sort of coming together mm-hmm. that it both makes me nervous but really excited because again it's it's again something that I think was a dream but something that I didn't really think about because I never thought it was going to be possible and I just think that's going to be wonderful and a very much an evolving journey but I don't really have any fan plans. And I think the biggest reason for that was I came out of uni in 2019 with you know, my three-year plan, my five-year plan, business plan. And of course, within six months of leaving mm-hmm. COVID lockdown, mm-hmm. things were very different. Um, and I very quickly had to really learn to be quite, oh, well, a lot more um, flexible yeah absolutely (laughs) then maybe what I had been because I'm very much somebody that likes a plan likes a list likes to know what I'm doing and overnight of course for so many other businesses you just had to adapt so much and change what you were doing and things Mm -hmm. that had been on the horizon and maybe months and years in the planning weeks whatever just were disappearing and you're like okay so I try not to have a plan and it's sort of that mix between, because like I say, I could never have planned what was going to happen last year. And that's ended up being a whole year or so of my life that I've not had masses of other time to um, dedicate to as maybe as many other things as I'd like. So I try and keep quite fluid, really, with what I'm sort of aiming, you know, aiming for. But I suppose overall it is to, which I suppose is is is. I'm at the start of that process because I've always wanted I love the idea of having somewhere that I can invite people in that is sort of my work area but it's more than that it's um well a little piece of Ellie's world and that be filled sort of animals are it have that homely vibe that you know just and just being sort of you know me from the artwork on the walls because at the moment of course I'm either visiting places to either host workshops or I have maybe some of my work in a gallery or a shop, but obviously it's a shared space and it's it's the owner's space. It's it's designed and set out to their uh, obviously what what suits them and their needs and obviously their their desires. So to have 
a space that I can do anything with that I want is just is just wonderful and exciting I just I want to bring people who love what I do and love the same things that I love I eat that being animals wildlife Yorkshire um, workshops and working with me and bring them into that space I can see that being a very exciting next step but I don't know maybe maybe I'm not a very good businesswoman the fact that I don't have a real firm split plan and I'm a I'm very much and I never thought I'd be that person but I'm very much I'd go with the flow because I'd hate to put too much effort and time and mental energy into formulating this very rigid plan when I've already experienced things such as the global pandemic which just saw that shattered instantly okay let's start again and let's take you know this this next month and then see what happens and the next six months see what happens and um yeah and I think in a way I've not got out of that kind of way of working still but at the moment I'm like doesn't seem to have been too too bad it seems to have worked out okay so I'll keep doing it like that for now until things change but who knows what's wrong Sure, but well, I, 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 I would say that 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 I think that your world that seems to be serendipitous and organic is probably the most beautiful and wonderful way for you to be and mm-hmm. to continue to strive to to keep whatever foundation you have and beauty you have inside of you with nature and the animals and and just to have that shop I think that's what will will remain your success thank you that makes me feel a lot better because I do often think like oh and you feel like you need to have a plan there's definitely that societal pressure of I know it's a pressure you've got to you know you've got to be a business we've got to be creative you've got to be this you've got to be that and when you start thinking, oh, that's just not how I work. And then I think like, oh, gosh, is, is that setting me up to fail? And you stop thinking again, you have all this self-doubt that sets in. So thank you. Well, for don't, start, don't think self-doubt in me. Just because you haven't got that five years doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with that. A lot of people don't. A lot of people yeah. go with the flow. And sometimes that's the best way to go. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think in, with this day and age, you, you've got to. Because like, yeah. so you just don't know what's wrong. Things the change so quickly. It's It's ridiculous. Yeah, you look at how technology's come on and changed and you think that, you know, it's probably going to change just as much, if not more. Again, you think that could then impact things in ways that you don't know and you don't see coming. So, yeah, I'm just like, just take each month and each day as it comes. And uh, I'm I'm sure you might change. I might change. My priorities Mm -hmm. might change. Mm -hmm. Who knows? So, yeah. Right. When someone when someone does commission you, um, how long normally does it? Does it take, do you have a backlog of commissioned work? I've I've pretty much got through my backlog. My list has gone from being God knows how many pages to being about half a page. And that's with a lot of commissions that are going to be sort of this side of Christmas, which which is such after 18 months is a a wonderful position to be back in again. Because I love to be on top of work. And um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I I don't like to ever feel like I'm falling behind with anything because it does, it's my sort of my primary source of stress. I think that, but Mm -hmm obviously not including what the last 18 months have been like I typically say to people allow four to six weeks and I'd say for most pieces um Mm -hmm. that is a comfortable amount of time and allows that kind of 
Um, Because I love to update my customers, you know, how I work. It's, you know, it's definitely, I want them to be part of that process in each stage, photos back and fro, just to, you know, keep checking in with them. And, um, you know, it allows, you know, um, it allows moments for them to come in and be like, oh, could we, could we add this in? And could we, could we maybe just tweak that, you know, as it comes to life. So to have them involved with that process when, like I say, when they're putting so much trust into you, it's just, it's a really lovely working relationship and I just seem to be really blessed with so many of my customers they're just they're wonderful and it, they're just yeah it, um, I think when you're working so much by yourself mm-hmm. um and you know I mean again my mum works with me and I have a couple of other ladies who work part-time for me but it's it's nice to sort of bring other people involved in sort of your working day and your process and sort of have that kind of working relationship with customers you know albeit a professional one because you're not it's not like you're going to a busy office or anything like that so it's really lovely and I really value that as well it's um it's great Uh, this Christmas uh, a percentage of profit from your shop is going to help a little girl uh can you tell us a bit about is it LOD LOD yes LOD yeah I'm sorry I wasn't trying to pronounce it um how did you get involved and how can people Help. It's a really lovely story. So, I mean, Elodie, bless her, she's only just turned two recently and she's uh, I saw that. faced so much in her little life already. She was born premature with many, many complex needs. She will forever need round the clock care, sadly. And uh, she's a beautiful yeah. little girl. And um, her, her dad found it very tough. And sadly, he took his own life months after her oh, being no. born. Oh, my. Uh, I think oh, he no. thought she wasn't going to survive and was struggling with his own mental health. And he just found the it, it, he just found it too much to bear. So okay. that's left um, it being just Elodie and her mum, Tasha. And they've got they've got a lot of family support and friends. But obviously, it's it's so much, mm. you know, Tasha is to me is a definition of a superwoman how her life had changed in such a short space of time and everything she does it just, she's an amazing woman and such a great mum to Elodie but um she she's really local to me she's about 15 20 minutes away um not far from my parents and um as I mentioned my dad going off a bit of a tangent here forgive me but it's quite a bit of a convoluted story so I mentioned my dad used to be in the fire service but he also used to have um, an electrical business and was an electrician he's very hands-on um there's not much my dad can't fix and do he's so in his retirement he's a handyman and he goes around doing little jobs and just in and out just things people maybe struggle to do for themselves like putting a curtain pole doing a shelf helping fix something that you know just all these kind of little jobs and he loves it he loves being busy and it's probably where I get it from and um he been around to Elodie's mum's house um when she was pregnant with Elodie um getting things ready for the nursery you know putting things up so he'd met the family he'd also done jobs for Tasha's sister and her mother um so was from quite even before Elodie's arrival quite involved with their family story just you know just just the excitement of oh gosh there's a new baby on the way yeah and you never expect yeah. what's happened to Elodie to happen and I think it really floored my dad I think sort of knowing so many members of their family and the excitement of this new this new bundle of joy and then for it to be just 
really it was my really touching when she was born and I think it really yeah. floored my dad and it really affected him and he, he told us so much about Tasha and Elodie um you know after she was born and you could just see it we was like, oh you know just just you know really really got to him and um and then in all the craziness obviously you know they're very local and they didn't realize what what I did and then but they knew about when I went viral but then they didn't realize ever I was I was my dad's daughter and Ella and Tasha is on you know on social media she started following me and was like oh gosh you know only like local and she reached out um through Instagram um earlier this year to ask that if I could do a special commission piece for them as a family I said oh of course you know what what is it and she sort of introduced and again nothing clicked like I said I'd, I'd been told so much about them from my dad but just it I think because I didn't know them personally it never never really clicked and um yeah she sort of you know it explained about LD being um you know having a lot of needs and obviously what with what happened with her losing her dad and because of that they didn't actually have many family if any they didn't have any family photos together because um oh. LD was in the hospital for so long when she and obviously very few photos of her and her dad and Tasha was wondering if I could from various photos capture something to capture a happier moment when Elodie's dad was still there of all of them and I said of course I can you know I've done this many times send me photos whatever and then and then my dad I think had had, had been back and I think it was then the the penny had dropped because I was thinking well actually they're really local how many little girls would there be called Elodie and literally on the same day I think something my dad must have said to Tasha and Tasha was like that must be, you know, last names and everything being Tomlinson. And um, and I remember she, her messaging me, are you Nick's daughter? And I was like, yeah, are you? Because the thing was, she she's always, to me, been introduced as Tasha. My dad right. always referred to her full name, Natasha. And I think oh, that's why I didn't yeah. fully sort of think, oh, and put two and two together. And um, yeah, and I was like, yeah, like, and, and just instantly we're like oh my gosh what small world so it was just lovely and I insisted on doing this commission for them as, as a gift I just sort of thought you know with everything they've gone through as a family it felt like the least I could do um and but whilst I was creating this commission piece um Tasha wanted sort of stars in the sky and things like that you know to reflect Elodie um, um Elodie's bedroom the decor they'd done and her logo for the trust and things like that and I think because I was doing stars in the sky and I knew one of the Christmas designs I was going to be created was going to be based around a Yorkshire nativity scene star in the sky Lovely. and I just, I just really wanted to help I really really wanted to help because it was just it was one of those things we thought gosh it made me think how lucky I was and just sort of everything they'd gone through as a family and I think I, I and I just sort of thought I'm sure there's something I can do I've never really done a charity piece at Christmas and I don't really know why but it just I thought there's something we can do here and it felt right yeah. so when I'd gone to go and give um, Tasha and Elodie their piece, and I got to meet Elodie finally in person, she's so gorgeous. Um, and I'd sort of mentioned it to Tasha and sort of said, oh, you know, could, could we could we do something? Like, I just I just really want to sort of, you know, help and do, you know, what I can. And, you know, could we do something, you know, for Elodie? And, you know, even if it can cover, help cover some of the costs that they've got for her care. Mm. Um, and she loved the idea. And, it, it you know, it started from there, really. So, yeah, um, our collection, a Yorkshire Nativity, right. cards and the signed limited edition prints. 
uh, 15% off all those sales are being donated directly to Elodie. And it's going to, you know, a little local girl, a little Yorkshire lass who oh, has... contributed to that because I both. Yes. I'm glad you can help. It's, it's important to help where you can. Yes, yes definitely. I agree. I agree totally. I you, you need to go in and have a look at that uh, piece. Uh, yes. Yes. Yvonne, yes. beautiful. I will. I will. <laughs> oh, Definitely. You. No, I just think if you can share some of your good fortune and just try and even if it feels only small, like I wish I, I wish I could do do more. Um, but I feel like if it can just help them, you know, by just helping go towards some kits, some physio sessions, whatever that might be, then it's wonderful you know if yeah. I can just help in in some way so it's um yeah and I'm sure we'll be doing yeah. a lot more because like I say she's so local and like mm-hmm. I say just how we met and got to know each other just it just sort of yeah, yeah it was yeah. just one of those another skills. one of, yeah. another one of your organic occurrences yeah, absolutely. right <laughs> um unbelievable but Mother Teresa used to say um just one little act of kindness with great love is all we need it would be a better world right and and that's what you did you did that one act of kindness with great love and that's that's the whole thing and um wow that's wonderful how can our listeners find you on social media um both my well oh I say both mostly because I I focus on Instagram and Facebook I always forget yeah. about Twitter but Eleanor <laughs> Tomlinson Art um if they go through my website I've got all my links to my social media but I'm sure if they sort of search Eleanor Tomlinson Art I will I will pop up mm-hmm. um just don't mix me up with the the pole dark the actress if anybody's <laughs> She's really local as well. We share the same name. I mean, she she lives in London now, of course, successful actress. But um, <laughs> she grew up about 15 minutes away from oh, me. Wow. They're called Beverly. <laughs> so the likelihood of, you know, to, yeah, it's, it's, it's really funny. And oh, I remember when I started out, people were like, are you the actress? And I'm thinking, no, I definitely am not. I'm not hard to do. But no, um, eleanortomlinsonart.co.uk. All my work's on there, my full portfolio, all my products, and like I say, links to my social media. And I'm always posting on Instagram and Facebook. So if anybody's really interested in seeing behind the scenes, um, whether that's artworks in progress, new collections coming, just, just mm-hmm. a day in the life kind of thing. But uh, yeah, no please um you can find me on there and yeah please uh follow it's lovely to be able to share that with so many people we'll definitely share your social media links oh and uh, i know i'll be uh speaking to you about a commission for next year oh so so look out for more emails from me (laughs) (laughs) oh i'd love that Uh, (laughs) just (laughs) one final question Hmm. if you were an animal what animal would you be and why Oh, you see, my favorite animals horses, but yeah. I don't think I'd consider myself a horse. I mean, I'd I'd love to come back as a bramble, as our dog. Honestly, she's got the best oh. life ever. <laughs> there you go. I, I love it. <laughs> I, do, I do think I actually, I, I joke about this. I do, I do consider myself. I think I'm like a golden retriever because if I if I go on a daily walk, <laughs> I am fed, I am watered, I am happy, and I leave. <laughs> I leave hair everywhere. I've got one <laughs> hair and I just find it on everything. And I always joke, I'm like a, I'm like a retriever, a golden retriever. Just oh, all no, that's beautiful. Yeah, that's I'm going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Eleanor, thank you so much for doing this. Um, I know that your schedule is hectic this time of year and saying yes to us. It's been a real honor having you on the podcast. Um, so thank you sure, for your time sure. um, and being so generous with your information. Um, You're welcome. Uh, thank you all for joining us for our holiday special of Howling Talent. Uh, thank you also to all those we have interviewed in 2023. Uh, we can't wait to introduce you again and invite you back uh, in 2024. We've got a wonderful lineup of talented people and animals that uh, are coming on board. And we'll be back in January. Until then, take care from myself, Anna Roy. Me, Yvonne Dagger. And Eleanor. Oh, and myself, Eleanor Tomlinson. <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't sure whether to come in or not then. <laughs> oh, yes, definitely. You're included in this. <laughs> Happy holidays. Happy holidays, everyone. Happy holidays. Happy holidays.